Hey guys, my name is Sai, like a sigh of relief, and welcome back to the Brown Girl White Coat Podcast. I'm so excited to be here. This is the podcast where I talk about everything related to medical school and beyond, hopefully in a few years, and I bring on the movers, shakers, and leaders in the field of medicine. This could be physicians. This could be people who've invented medical technology that has just changed people's lives. And I am so honored and excited to be able to sit down with these people and bring to you guys their philosophies on life, on medicine, and so much more. So that's part of it. But the other part of it is me just sitting down and talking about medical school. What is the life really, really, really like? And what do these pretty, pretty pictures on Instagram that I am very guilty of posting um, not really show? And what is the what is the day-to-day like, basically? And what are the emotions? What are the things that you'll experience while you're here? And what is med school really like? What does it take to get in? I am talking about all of these things. So a little intro, um, just in case you haven't really listened to any of my previous episodes, but I do apologize. It's been quite a long time, but... I didn't want to just sit down and record something without, you know, feeling kind of inspired or feeling motivated to actually talk about a specific topic. So that brings me here and I am sitting here. I just got back from a trip to Miami Beach and I finished my first term of my second year and I am so incredibly honored to be able to go on vacation, to be able to afford a vacation right after my exams. But if there's one thing I do recommend is to plan something at the end of your exams to just have something to look forward to, whether that be a friend coming in town, whether that be, you know, getting back into a workout routine, whatever that may be. I just really recommend having, you know, that little light at the end of the tunnel. And this trip was definitely mine. So I truly enjoyed Miami. We ate so much, spent time on the beach spent time walking around South Beach. It's so beautiful there. And my heart goes out to any of the people that were affected by Hurricane Dorian. Luckily, we flew out of Miami just before the hurricane was supposed to hit. So I'm recording this on Sunday and we just got back, which is really nice and really fortunate for us. Um, And I I think Hurricane Dorian was supposed to miss Miami altogether um, from the last news I saw of it. Um, But I know a lot of places in Florida were evacuated and my heart goes out to the people that were affected by Hurricane Dorian. Very scary. Natural disasters are very scary. We were on Miami Beach, like the South Beach area, and we were actually on the beach at night one night and it was like 9 p.m. and all of a sudden everything just became super windy and super rainy, like literally in the span of 10 seconds. And it was so terrifying um, to watch. So we had to kind of, you know, run and get shelter really quickly and then kind of walk back to our hotel. Um, But that was really the only time we were caught in rain. Um, So we were very fortunate that we went at like the perfect time. But my point being, you definitely need something to look forward to. I was so excited for this trip. The beach is my happy place and I happen to live in Houston where there's a somewhat kind of okay beach, but you know, Miami was just beautiful and I'm really happy that I got to spend some time there. But right before I left, all this stuff kind of happened. We were, you know, in the midst of finals. I barely had any time to maintain this life balance that I, you know, use 
or I, I use the word life balance like so often on both my pod and both on the Instagram and I was just feeling that quote-unquote life balance slipping right out of my hands during finals and that kind of motivated me to sit down and talk about this but I didn't want to you know sound too depressing or anything like that while you know finals were still going on so I'm sitting down right now to kind of talk about the highs and lows of everything that I was experiencing then and hopefully I think this will resonate with a lot of you guys especially if you're in college and you're still trying to figure out your purpose in life I guess and just because I'm in med school doesn't mean that that kind of thought doesn't cross my mind so many times so just a quick preface I recorded an episode a couple weeks ago and I was talking about being so on top of everything in my life at that point so this was about you know one two weeks into the term and for those of you that don't know exactly how our school works thus far we have um, during second year we only have about six months of preclinicals left so in January of 2020 I will be starting my clinical rotations which is so scary because I think by that point you should really know your stuff you are expected to pretty much know all of the anatomy, pathology, they're done teaching you, you know, in the classroom. So you kind of have to know your stuff. And they're trying to squish in as much as possible right before we start on the wards, before we go see actual patients. And so it's kind of scary because they're squishing in so many things that it's definitely a little bit more than we can handle. And the thing about med school is they just expect you to adapt constantly, right, to the amount of workload you're being thrown and most of the times you do adapt and some of the times you feel like you maybe break or you bend just a little bit too far and so I think that's what I was experiencing this past final season and I just want to talk about it because life is not perfect like sure on Instagram I can type my you know Anki tips and how to be productive but everyone's going to have those days and I kind of just wanted this podcast episode to be a quick little sit down catch up and just get me back in the swing of things I love recording this podcast so I definitely need one of these cathartic little episodes to you know boost my motivation and I know a lot of you out there in college are feeling the same way so hopefully this is quite relatable to you guys so I found myself recording that podcast a few weeks ago about productivity I was going to talk about what I do to keep my life you know to be on top of everything in my life And I remember sitting down and I recorded this whole hour-long podcast about my best tips to stay productive with such a busy schedule. So I talked about how I fit in a workout. I talked about how I wear my workout clothes to school so I don't have an excuse when I get home to, you know, just kind of chill on my bed. Um, I talked about how I lay out my clothes in the morning so that I, um, you know, get motivated to get up in the morning and bribe myself with coffee and a good breakfast and I had all of these tips and I I remember even talking about how you know if I get a free 10-15 minutes maybe I'm taking a break from studying that I will make sure everything is clean I'll quickly vacuum my floor or I'll quickly wipe down my countertops I was so on at the beginning of the term because I I knew it was going to be hard I knew I wanted to go in guns blazing and I think I burned out a little bit by the end of the term because I was so on I was on top of my workout schedule I was so on for two weeks right and there came a point where I was just 
totally exhausted. And there's going to come that time when maybe you do want to just flop around on your bed or you want to take a nap or you need to completely decompress in order to feel your best. And I think that type A people, especially those in med school, I kind of assume that most people that are in med school are type A people. That's not to say that you can't change your personality type, but you can't let go. You can't kind of decompress. That's kind of why you stay on top of things. You pay attention to, you know, little details. You're a perfectionist. And it's really hard to kind of shut yourself down at the end of the day. I was having a lot of trouble sleeping, um, feeling very anxious. I get really bad testing anxiety. And it just wasn't a good, it wasn't a good time. Because I think during those times when you're so anxious, you're so focused on an exam at the end of the term, you kind of lose your purpose. And I wanted to talk about what I do to kind of combat those feelings and how I, sorry, you might hear some sirens because I I do live really close to the medical center. Uh, But hopefully that just adds to the ambiance, the ambience of everything. But yeah, I think I burnt myself out and I think that a lot of people can relate to that sort of feeling because I talked to friends and I talked to my roommate and we were all feeling um, a little bit of pressure, you know, pressure that we've obviously put on ourselves in this field and I think that that is so real and relatable and everyone's feeling it, but it's just so hard when you're kind of isolated during the end of the term, you're isolated because you're trying to get the studying in And I don't know about you guys, but all of my planning, all of my life balance, all of my working out just kind of goes to shit (laughs) when exams roll around. You feel like you have to be super one-track minded, but I'm finding this out and I find this out every term and I don't do anything about it really is that I just perform my best when I'm working out. I perform my best when I have a balance, when you know, I'm not just studying my life away. And I think I just need to realize that and make a positive change when it comes to that sort of thing. And during finals, I need to keep a normal life happening. But all that being said, I wanted to talk about the realities of medicine that are maybe not so pretty today. So I wanted to start with the thing that causes I think a lot of people to burn out super early in med school and that is imposter syndrome so imposter syndrome is basically when you feel like you don't belong in a place or you don't deserve to be in a place because you feel lesser than the people that are there and this is something I dealt with so much coming into medical school right because I was a sociology major I hadn't taken a science class in over a year I felt like I had just taken a gap year And I hadn't done anything with it because my last year as a soci major, it was honestly very, very simple. I was taking, you know, research classes. I was taking classes where there weren't any exams and there were a lot of projects. And I knew I could perform well on those things without putting in a lot of work. And so that's what I did. And it came to bite me in the butt, really, because I came into medical school feeling like, hey, I don't really deserve to be here because... I was in the Baylor Squared program, which meant I received my acceptance to medical school when I was 17 years old in high school, um, provided that I maintain a certain GPA, and that was basically it. And I was so happy at that point, but I think in the long run, it really did 
take away from how much effort I would have put in um, had I, you know, quote unquote, worked my way into medical school. And I felt less than. So imposter syndrome is super real. I know a lot of people feel it in the office. You know, when you're low on the totem pole, you are still kind of figuring your way out. You Maybe you're running errands for people or getting coffee for people. And you feel like, you know, when am I going to be able to feel, you know, really in my own? When am I going to be the one teaching other people? And so second year rolls around. And I think that things are going to be a little bit different, right? You think, I'm, I know a lot more than I used to know. Um, but I think imposter syndrome is something that's going to follow you around regardless of who you are. And I've heard people in residency talk about this. I've heard people who are fellows talk about this. Um, where you constantly feel like you need to prove yourself. And as a woman of color, I think that that is definitely one part of the equation um so that's where everything starts i think is imposter syndrome you maybe you don't feel as good or as deserving as your peers and you feel like you know the admissions committee definitely made a mistake letting me in here and i i did feel like that and i think that that's something a lot of you will go through when you start medical school or any kind of healthcare profession because you are literally taking care of people you're other people's lives are literally in your hands at one point and the stakes are very high so feeling like an imposter comes very naturally to these high achieving people um, who may not know who may not be used to making mistakes so I was watching Tiffany Ferg on YouTube and she did this whole little bit of her little series called internet analysis on gate students so I don't know if you guys have this but in my school or in California where I grew up, they had the GATE program, um, which stood for Gifted and Talented Education. And there's a lot of research that goes, um, that talks about this, but she really explained it the best in her um, internet analysis video, where, you know, we label kids as high achieving, as GATE students or gifted students, and either they perform, you know, they perform better because of it. And those people who aren't labeled in that sort of way maybe feel some type of way and they don't perform well because of, because of it because you can't ever escape those labels that were given to you at such a, such a young age. Um, or maybe these gifted and talented education folks, um, maybe they underperform and they beat themselves up over it for the rest of their lives or they just never learn to put in the work because you know, they're gifted and they have a complex about it. So if you guys do have some time, I would really encourage you guys to go watch her internet analysis video on gate um, students on YouTube. It's, it's a really good one. And I think it raises a lot of interesting questions. And I remember uh, just a few days ago, I remember, you know, having an existential crisis with one of my friends about this. And we were just sitting in the dining room and talking about the purpose of life, what we want our healthcare careers to be like, what we want our future lives to be like. And as women, we definitely shouldn't have to be the only ones to answer this question. Um, but it is definitely a very real question, a real concern that we have. It, and that's about our future families, our future children, if that's what we choose to do with our lives. And I think that's something that realistically, as I'm nearing my mid-20s, I have to consider if that's going to be a priority for me or not. And so it's just very daunting to kind of have to make those decisions 
before you know where your capabilities lie, what you want to do with your life. And, you know, picking a residency, picking a specialty, that's half the battle, really. You've decided you want to be a doctor. Okay, well, what kind? And people are sometimes, you know, very blessed to have a really good idea of what they want to do and what they see a physician as. But I think that test scores, step one scores, it it puts you in a very realistic mindset. It gives you a, a slap on the face in terms of where you can apply, where you can't apply. And there's so many layers to it, right? So maybe I want to do a very competitive specialty, but because of my test scores, which I haven't really taken any of the steps yet, I haven't taken step one yet. I do, we don't do that until um, third year at my school. But, you know, that might be a wake-up call. Maybe you want to do a competitive specialty and you can't because of the way you perform on an exam. Or maybe you have to compromise where exactly you do the specialty. You Maybe you don't get your top choice. You don't get into the most competitive, amazing school and you end up in a state where you really don't want to be. And I've, I've heard that happening to so, so many people. And you kind of have to think like, well, I, I guess the best way to sum this up is that medicine is a long game. It's putting off what you want right now for what you want in the future, except you don't know for sure if that is the future that you want just quite yet. So it's a lot of having faith in different processes. It's a lot of reaching out to mentors to make sure that you are on the right track and reaching out to mentors to make sure that they felt the same way and just to talk to them. I'm planning on making a whole post on my Instagram as well about mentorship and how it really keeps you so grounded to know, okay, well, this is the person that I'm looking to become one day. And what did they do? And did they feel this sort of way when they were in my shoes? So I guess that's a bit of a tangent there, but um, those that is one of the way that I mitigate these thoughts that I have constantly, I think, in med school. And it's totally normal. It's totally part of the process. Um, but I do reach out to mentors quite often, mostly my sister, um, but also other people that are um, professors at the school or are just mentors to me in life about, hey, is this feeling normal or do I need to do something to maybe feel less burnt out? Do I need to change something about my study habits? Do I need to change something about my schedule? And maybe even just asking like, hey, what specialty do you see me in? You know me, you know, better than I know myself or you know my strengths. You know, what do you think? So I I do think mentorship is very helpful to kind of navigate these thoughts. Um, But yeah, back to this existential crisis we were having because this was just the worst. This was literally right after after our last exam and right before I left for my trip to Miami. We were all talking about, you know, what do do we want life to be like in the future? We've made our way into med school. We've accomplished this one little dream that we've had. And where do we go from here? So for me, I... Maybe in, in college, I wasn't, you know, super type A. I wasn't a competitive person. Um, but, you know, as med school has rolled around, I've realized that I have to be this way in order to be successful and in order to see the results that I want. And so maybe I want to do something competitive in the future. And I just, I could not wrap my brain around the fact that, you know, I have to kind of give my life to this in order to do something super competitive. So 
say I fall in love, you know, with surgery or I fall in love with, you know, even worse, like something like trauma surgery, which, you know, just takes your life. Um, What am I willing to give up? Am I willing to give up children? Am I willing to give up a possible, you know, hobby in the future? And so I think that these are very real thoughts that you need to consider. Um, But I think it kind of just took the magic away from medicine for me in that moment. And don't worry, don't worry, this is not going to be all depressing because I do have some ways to kind of navigate these thoughts. How, How do I, you know, come back from this? I'm starting a new term on Tuesday. How am I going to, you know, give myself hope? How am I going to keep myself on track? How am I going to make sure that I still have a life this term? We're going to delve into all of that as well. But I think it's important to note that there's more considerations as you get older of what do you want your life to look like? And we were talking about, you know, it's completely realistic for people who, you know, love medicine, who love the field and the work and the kind of impact you get to make. But maybe they just don't love eight years of schooling. And that's completely valid from that perspective to not want to go through that many years of schooling. And, you know, the the phrase, you know, losing your 20s was used. And we were just having this existential crisis of, you know, are we losing our 20s? Are Are we falling behind? Are we on track? And so it was... It was a lot to consider and, you know, emotions were running high because exams had obviously just ended. But it was, it's something that I'm still ruminating on. I'm still considering, you know, this very valid uh, conversation that I had with my friend. But I think that going forward, I am going to think more deeply about the kinds of specialties I want to consider, the kinds of lifestyles that are going to be okay by my standards And I also want to love what I'm doing. And so we also talked about maybe, you know, it's a job. Are you really supposed to love what you're doing? Does everybody love their job? I I personally disagreed with that. I think that you really should love your job. Uh, A lot of emergency medicine doctors have uh, told me about, you know, emergency medicine is for the person who loves their job but loves life a little bit more. I've heard that from so many doctors and so that's why you know the field of emergency medicine is very attractive to me but my preceptor is an interventional cardiologist and a lot of his work is in the CCU or the cath lab and I really have a passion for that sort of stuff. I really have a passion for listening to people's hearts and diagnosing and being a clinician. Is that a word? (laughs) Um, Being a clinician, being a a physician who who listens and figures something out and follows patients long term has their own patients so i'm considering so many different things and it's really weighing on me to say the least so i thought i would kind of talk about all that stuff and i, I thought this conversation was so inter- interesting with my uh friend i wish i wished I wish I would have just set up a microphone and recorded it all just so you guys could hear what med students talk about right after exams because like I said emotions were high and we just like everybody else just like everyone in their 20s I think we're having a quarter-life crisis and we just wanted to be so sure of our purpose Um, and so I guess that kind of brings me to I guess 
medicine is going to be such an important part of our lives. It's going to be such a big part of our lives. And we've decided that. We want that. And I personally think that medicine is one of the most noble occupations to have, one of the most noble titles to be able to literally cure somebody, to give somebody medicine, to change someone's life outcomes, to give them a better chance at life, at achieving what they want to achieve. I, re- I realize it's not that deep to some people, um, but I do think that helping people is one of the most noble things you can do with your life. And I am so excited and honored to be able to make that kind of difference in somebody's life. But I also know that there's got to be something bigger, right? Like I want to make this really big impact. And I think a lot of people in medicine can relate to that because, you know, people want to get involved in policy. People want to get involved in business, in medical technology, biotech, um, research, right? Like people in medicine have this amazing capability that I think you foster in medical school. You don't have to innately have it, but you realize that you're working towards something a lot bigger than just yourself and it motivates you to do all kinds of things. Um, I just started reading on the plane for reals. This was actually assigned reading for school, but I just started reading like every word on the page sort of thing um, of this book called What the Eyes Don't See by Mona. Let me get this. Okay, Mona Hannah Atisha. And she is a pediatrician in Flint, Michigan. And she wrote this amazing novel I I read this on the plane back from Miami I got through almost half of it it's a pretty easy read and I really recommend that you guys if you get a chance to read it that you do because it's the story of the Flint crisis the Flint water crisis through the eyes of a pediatrician who is directly impacting the lives of so many little kids and babies that are drinking this poisoned water in Flint, Michigan. And, you know, she talks about how lead poisoning is literally the worst thing and how pediatricians are like constantly scared of that for their patients. And there's this point in the book where at the very beginning she's talking about how one of her patients wanted to stop breastfeeding her little uh little daughter like two-year-old or younger than two-year-old and she wanted to stop breastfeeding her and so she asked you know can I use formula um, and mix it with water is the water safe because you know I've heard some things and Dr. Mona kind of responds and she's like you know the government has said it's okay so I'm sure it's okay she's imagining this whole time she's imagining these laboratory scientists with their you know, white coats on that are testing the water. She has this like naive belief that the government is doing right by the people. And she begins to realize how money and politics and all of that is intertwined with people's healthcare and how environmental racism, because that's truly what it is, is so real. And I think that it was such, such a good read. Like I, I cannot explain because she talks about the immigrant experience she talks about you know little interludes with her family her uh grandpa haji who believed in the people more than he believed in religion it's just such a delicious read i don't know what how else to describe it other than delicious it's so good and it's gripping and 
it talks about it from the perspective of a brown female physician. And I think that is so appropriate to mention on this podcast. So if you guys do have some time to read, I know school starting and all of that now, but um, what the eyes don't see, definitely get it. I think there's a, I want to say there's a free ebook somewhere. And so I just had it on my iPad and I was able to kind of get through most of it. In about two hours, I got through half of the book. Very easy read. So that brings me back to, you know, finding a bigger purpose. So Dr. Mona, I'm going to call her Dr. Mona because her last name is pretty long. Um, but, you know, Dr. Mona is caring about environmental safety. She's taking a stand. She's networking and she's becoming this amazing person, this amazing activist. And I think that that's a very natural desire for people in medicine to want something bigger than themselves, even though we are going to somehow impact the lives of tons of people we want something that's going to make a bigger change. And so I think I was in that conversation with my friend. I was just feeling a bit like, you know, what is my bigger purpose? Am I going to find it? Is it going to find me? And is it okay if I don't have time right now to focus on that bigger purpose? Because studying takes up so much time that I, I do think it's a little bit unrealistic to do everything. And so I had this moment of like, okay, I can't do everything I can't um I can't there's only 24 hours in the day I can't you know change the world right now at this very moment but I have this podcast and I think it's been a very great uh venue a great outlet for me to meet and talk to so many people I get you know tens 20 dms every week just asking me about medical school asking me what it's like wanting to just talk to me I've you know calmed so many people's nerves about it honestly if I can do it anybody can do it that's what I'm gonna say about that but I've I've just met so many people through this and I don't intend on ever stopping but I think that for now um, this is my bigger purpose and I encourage you guys to find something that fits that or that checks that box for you guys, if that's the kind of personality that you have. If you want to make a difference, you want to change the world, you're not too young or too busy to do it. Just maybe you have to do it on a smaller scale right now. Um, And that's what I wish I could have told myself when I was having this little breakdown um, before I left for my trip. So I'm coming back to this term. We have respiratory and renal coming up. And I'm coming back refreshed. And I'm coming back with a little bit of perspective Um, a little bit of perspective of the beach some might say (laughs) but I'm coming back with this kind of calm sense of focus I am ready to kill this term but I don't think I'm going to kill myself during this term Um, so I'm going to keep working out it's a three-week term I'm going to maybe take up yoga I have class pass um And I think I'm going to try to attain a little bit of a better balance, even when it is finals time. Um, I just got an Instant Pot. It's been one of my favorites. So I'll take a quick second to talk about my Instant Pot because I don't know if you guys are the same way, but I really feel like I'm on top of my stuff when I have a hot meal. Like I, when food is ready, when I come home or I can quickly whip up a meal in like 10 to 15 minutes, just put it in the Instant Pot I wish I was sponsored, by the way. Totally not. But this definitely makes such a big difference in my life because I'm like, okay, I'm not eating salad every day. I'm not eating like cold chicken every day. Like 
it just makes me feel a lot better. So I have absolutely loved making actually the best thing that I made in that pot was ground turkey taco meat and I ate it maybe three times with tacos and then I ate it over rice for the last meal and it was so delicious. So quick recommendation. I know we didn't do like favorites or highs and lows at the beginning because I just wanted to talk about life. But if you guys don't have chipotle chili pepper, um, you need to get some because it is delicious and it tastes good with literally everything. So basically what I do, um, you can find a more in-depth recipe under my recipes little highlight on my Instagram. But um, what has been working for me lately is I take a whole thing of turkey. I think it's like 16 ounces, ground turkey, 93% fat-free or whatever, and then 7% fat. And I, you know, put it on the little stovetop setting on my Instant Pot. I put all the spices in there, everything you could imagine, honestly, like garlic, onions, and just put it on the stovetop for like two minutes and then turn it to the high pressure cooker setting and put in your water, your one cup of salsa, I think. Don't quote me on this, but definitely check the little highlight if you're interested. You put salsa, um, a whole thing of like taco seasoning and I got the Taco Bell taco seasoning and it was delicious. Um, put in that chipotle, chili pepper, literally anything else you want and it is delicious and it was ready in about eight minutes and it took me like, I don't know, maybe like 15 minutes total to get all of this together. Delicious. Um, definitely try it and I think the Instant Pot was on sale for like $45 on Amazon and I got a good deal. It also does slow cooker so I can have meals ready when I come home. So anyways, that was basically a game changer for me because I really think when I'm eating well, I'm eating hot meals. I feel like that makes a huge difference in my happiness in my life. And so I guess that just brings me to life balance, like I always mention. And I think that I'm going to make more of an effort to incorporate those things that make me happy into my everyday life I have lost touch so much with singing and I I found that this term the thing I was complaining to my boyfriend about after this term was over was I feel creatively stifled like I am such a creative person I love you know drawing and art and reading and singing and I just really didn't get to do any of that because we have such short terms that I you just have to be on all the time and so I'm going to make more time for that, I think, this term. And the times that I am not incorporating to do these things, I will be studying because that is life. But I'm going to be using my Google Calendar and actually time blocking and planning out all of these little things that I want to incorporate. So if I want to get a workout in, I'm going to put it into my Google Calendar. If I'm making meals for that day, if I'm making meals for the week, I'm going to put that into my Google Calendar and yeah so if you guys want more productivity tips kind of what that previous podcast was going to be about definitely let me know because I'm feeling a little bit more motivated lately to talk about productivity I feel like there was this sense of imposter syndrome like okay I'm making my life look so perfect and it's looking like really cute and stuff for Instagram but how am I actually doing and I checked in with myself and it wasn't great so I think I felt a little bit like, well, who am I to talk about productivity when I haven't done laundry in like two weeks? Like, who am I to give people tips on that? But I'm back at it. I'm feeling 
more at peace with myself this term and I'm going to cut myself a little bit of slack. I'm going to stay on top of my schoolwork. I'm going to, you know, do all these things. But if I want to take a nap, like on a Tuesday for like an hour, I'm going to let myself do that instead of, you know, drinking another cup of coffee and just being unhealthy about it. I'm going to just listen to what my mind wants. And another thing I wanted to mention, which is particularly important for medical students who might be losing sight of the bigger picture is to get out there in your community. Um, so I volunteered, it was, you know, about a week out from finals and I volunteered at a health fair. It was a Martin Luther King Jr. health fair that was situated at a church. And I think it was primarily low income families that were able to come and get vaccines. They were able to learn about healthy food, which was my station. We talked about, you know, making like a little sweet potato hash and getting all the vegetables out from your refrigerator and making a little a little hash and seasoning it and making smoothies and just teaching kids about healthy eating. We had a BMI check. We had vaccinations, like I mentioned, free haircuts. Like it was just such a nice little community event. And that sort of thing where you get to represent yourself as a medical student, you get to put on a little bit of a title and do something for the community, it makes you feel really, really good. And that day, I literally had the most productive study day after that because, you know, even though I took out two hours of my time, which seemed like the end of the world, I almost didn't want to go because of how pressed I felt for time. It really just made a lot of sense to me that, of course, this would work. Of course, I would study better because I saw the faces of people who are going to one day benefit from me studying right now. Like, of course that makes sense. So if you're feeling a little bit down or if you're feeling like, hey, what's the point? Or, hey, this is a lot of work to do for this dream that I have, then definitely make time to either shadow. That that would be fun too. Definitely see more patients. I always feel very energized after I see patients, um, whether that be good or bad. I just, I feel like, okay, this is going to be me in the future. I can imagine it and it makes me work harder. So definitely get out there in your community and do something to directly impact people, right? Because the first two years of med school, we don't get a lot of patient interaction. You don't get a lot of hospital time unless you're, you know, learning something for a patient safety or patient um, interaction class. You don't get a lot of that on your own. So you really have to go out of your way and make those opportunities for yourself. Go volunteer in the community. Go put on your white coat and your stethoscope and go volunteer at a clinic on the weekends. It'll make you feel a lot better. It'll make you see the bigger picture. And so those are the kinds of things I'm going to incorporate more of into my everyday, into my, you know, my schedule here. So I'm going to keep doing that. I encourage you guys to go out and help your community to find your little niche. I think my little niche includes this podcast, includes, you know, going out into the community and (laughs) how many times can I say that? Um, But yeah, I think it has to do with working with kids. I love that. I volunteer with an organization here also to, you know, help kids that have undergone some sort of abuse in their family lives and that sort of thing gives me a purpose. And so, yeah, maybe my purpose here is something bigger, right? You know, we always, we have that feeling of needing to make an impact on this world but I'm doing small things right now I'm doing whatever I can honestly 
right now to make sure that I have that, 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 you know, little light at the end of the tunnel, that that is well in sight right now also. So I hope this has made some sort of sense. I hope that I haven't been rambling on for too, too long, but I thought that it was important to kind of catch up with you guys and talk about my highs and lows on this med school journey. It's been quite a ride so far. We just finished up our cardio and hematology oncology block and it was genuinely one of the hardest exams that I've faced I think here in med school but I think that's because I nitpick a lot and I haven't quite figured out exactly how I did on that exam yet but I do nitpick and if I find you know two or three things I've gotten wrong that's all I can focus on for the days after an exam and I think that I'm adapting to this lifestyle very well. And so if I can do it, literally anybody can do it, I'm telling you. So I encourage you guys to go out there and find your purpose, your purpose, whether that be kids, whether that be volunteering with the elderly in your community. I think that, sure, yeah, it's great for your community also, but it's going to help you kind of find your bigger purpose and that's the kind of thing that's motivating throughout life and it keeps you from burning out and talk to mentors I think that's one of the most important things you need to know that someone else has been in your place and if you don't have any mentors so far and you are younger than me or you've you know you're trying to get into med school message me on Instagram for sure I will be your mentor honestly like literally message me about anything I got you guys. I'm in constant contact with everyone that has messaged me, which is, you know, upwards of like 50 people like that just message me on a daily basis on Instagram. It's so, so wonderful. I love it. And so if you guys would like to, you know, keep in contact with me, um, ask me anything, definitely reach out to me on my Instagram. It's at Cyber, S-A-I-E-B-E-A-R. And I hope this podcast wasn't super boring or anything, but I thought it was necessary to sit down and talk about all of these things that I've been feeling so that you guys know that med school is not perfect. It's definitely hard and I don't want you guys to get here and be like, oh, well, Sai made it seem really interesting and fun and she goes on fun trips and is always showing her midriff on Instagram. So it must be a wonderful time. It's for the most part, it is a wonderful time, but there's also times when you think about other things And there's times when you don't want medicine to consume your life. You want it to be this lovely little addition that makes you happy in your life. Um, And so I think balance and finding that balance is something that people, you know, at the top of their field, the, the best of the best, they struggle with that. So, of course, me as a second year medical student is going to struggle with things like that. And you probably might be struggling with that as a college student or a high school student. Maybe you're trying to figure out whether med school is really right for you and you're having a similar crisis. And I encourage you guys to do some soul searching and find out what your purpose is. And it's okay if you don't have it completely figured out yet, but just know, you know, what population do I want to work with? I spoke to a professor here and I kind of just sat down and I was like, I want to make an impact. Like, how do I do it? Where do I start? Please let me know. And he was like, well, my first question, the first question you should be asking yourself is not what residency do I want to go into or where do I want to go to residency, but what kinds of populations do I want to impact? 
And I think that just really rang true with me. And I... I just really loved that. So I wanted to pass that on to you guys. Think about, you know, what kinds of populations do I want to impact in the future? And I think that'll lead you somehow, somewhere down the right, down the right road. So I think that is enough for today for my voice. Um, Definitely a bit of an emotional podcast episode. I hope it wasn't too um, mushy or gushy, but I wanted to talk about these things because I think they're important. And thank you so much if you've reached out to me over Instagram. I really appreciate you guys. And I appreciate that this is kind of a small, tiny little movement in this little corner that we have. And I just love recording the podcast. Be on the lookout for more and more episodes this coming uh, month, this coming year. And thank you guys so much for being patient with me when I don't put up a lot of things during exams. Um... I'm just trying to figure out this whole balance thing too. So thank you guys so much for listening and thank you so much for making this podcast a part of your day wherever you are.